Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are in episode 68. We are one away from 69 and ill-prepared for it. Um, oh yes, that's our motto, and <laughs> ill-prepared for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this episode, I don't know, it's a bit more, well, a bit less packed than the last one, which is our pattern. We tend to go in bursts of tons to talk about and only a little to talk about. Yeah. Um, that being said, we have a few topics uh segment two we've kind of we didn't do movie night but we've all been watching different things in our own time and then Mm. i just finished a book that i want to talk about for segment three we haven't done one of these book reviews in a while uh it's not going to be nearly as long form as the red rising trilogy because there was a lot in those this one was a lot less uh plot dense yeah um but yeah you want to start us off with the topic yeah, well, the first one's going to be an open discussion. Um, I was thinking earlier today, I was like, FPS games really don't excite me anymore. There's, you know, ones I've been playing recently, like Valorant and Splitgate and CSGO, I guess. Um, they all come under the FPS category, obviously. But there's so much variation in the types of FPS you can have that I don't know, I feel like there needs further further segregation. Segregation. Not segregation. <laughs> uh yeah, because I, I what the games that I miss are like uh this is gonna be straight from left wing. The fucking the first person shooter plants versus zombie game. The first one that came out, that was fucking great. It was objective based. It was, and that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like objective based versus essentially TDM. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> this was always my big thing. Even when I played Halo, I like extensively in Halo Two. It was, I was capture the flag, yeah, assault. Yeah, CTF, yeah like th- those were the kind of games that I really enjoyed playing. Um, but I think that kind of the trend. What you're seeing is like a lot of shooters now are are leaning towards the CS:GO or the Call of Duty model, where it's or the the Battlefield model, which is probably my least favorite of all. Well, oh, that's something I was gonna say because my other like favorite of this genre was Battlefield Bad Company Two. I used to fucking love that game mode, particularly like the hardcore mode, so the enemy couldn't see where you were shooting from when they died. Uh, you had less health, all these fucking shields and shit. Hmm. And it was a defending team and an attacking team. And a defending team had to defend these boxes. The offending team needed to... Um, God, I can't even remember. They needed to destroy the boxes somehow. I think by directly interacting with them um for like 10 seconds without being interrupted or something like that, or like destroying the house that they're in and thereby crushing it in the process. Mm. Fucking love that. Um, but even games that... Uh, I'm sure plenty of people are going to say, oh, Valorant is an objective-based game. It's not about just shooting yet. No one does the fucking objective. Like, it's... It's secondary to just killing the enemy team. Yeah. Like compared to the number of rounds that end with just one team dead, like yeah, you see it's, it's the same thing in CS:GO. The bomb is basically Absolutely. more so in CS:GO. Yeah, you, the the bomb is there if you you plant it if it's convenient or if the enemy team screws up so badly that they don't cover the other point. But in general, it's just about like wiping the other team. 
Yeah, it's a direction to go. Like, rather than having the terrorist team just stay in spawn while the CT advances on T, it gives one side an incentive to move to the other side of the map. But that's kind of it as far as the objective goes. Um, and people do make use of it. Like, if you plant in a certain place, then you can watch it from a certain other place and kill people better then when they try to defuse it. But, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel like, as I said, back in the Battlefield days, or the old Battlefield days, <clears throat> um, it would be like, you'd have to keep throwing yourself at this wall of enemies that are hunkered down. <clears throat> and, you know, eventually you get there and and set it off. I don't know. It was I see what you're saying though. The like it's the in C, the example of Valorant and CS:GO, the objective is a vehicle to facilitate the shooting gameplay whereas in the Battlefield one, the shooting gameplay is a vehicle to facilitate the objective. You're you're the objective is the primary purpose. That's how you win the game. That's where you get the satisfaction from. How you get there is through the moment-to-moment -moment shooter gameplay. Where it's the yeah, opposite and also, with those. Other also games. has the tickets. The the tickets, um, thing where like when you die, you're not then just spend the rest of the round watching your other teammates getting slaughtered or winning. Um, you're back in the game, which again, a lot of games these days are going for one life rounds. Yeah, but that. That's the CSGO style ones. I mean, it's not that way for everything. I mean... I well, know again, I was thinking of Valorant. Yeah, you're thinking of Valorant. I'm thinking, like, you know, Call of Duty doesn't do that. Um, Halo doesn't do that, or at least the what I've played of the betas uh, do. I think they have a game mm. mode that's like that, called Elimination. But um, And then there's... Don't forget the Splitgate. That game... Uh, Splitgate has both. It does but... have... It has both, but it, what I mean is it's also a game where you respawn. It's much more fast-paced. You, know, you keep coming back and keep It is, back. and the objective moves around all the time. And, yeah, well, most of the time it does. I mean, e even a lot of the objective ones are things where you are holding on to something. Um, whether it's you're the VIP, so you just have to stay alive, or it's the ball where you just have to stay alive holding a ball. I think that this is... This is something that isn't limited to shooter games, though. I think this is this this is something that's true across the board. You you saw a couple like massive franchises all get extremely popular by doing like one particular formula. You know, you get the Far Cry series, the Far with Far Cry Three, where they did the open world and it had a cool story, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this you clear strongholds, you reveal the map, all that fun stuff." Mm. And then you saw every fucking game after that. I don't know if it was Far Cry 3 or if another game did it around the same time, but if there were a few big sandbox games and then everyone had to have a fucking open world sandbox. Like, that was key for everything. And it didn't fit everything, but a lot... No. Then with first-person shooters, you saw stuff like Battlefield and Call of Duty and CSGO all become extremely popular to their own areas. Battle uh, Call of Duty in particular. And so all the other shooters started imitating those formulas instead of trying to innovate on their own and i i think that that's more the problem that any than anything else it's you have each genre had like one pinnacle example of like 
extreme success and the companies just didn't want to take risks anymore. They were like, that works. And mm. then, you know, Mass Effect got huge and now everyone has to have like a moral choice system and have like the dialogue wheel where you talk to people and you can bang somebody in your party. Like, I think that that I agree with you and I think it's a it's bigger problem than shooters. I think that it's something that the industry as a whole needs to start taking risks again, start innovating and trying new yeah. and interesting things. Certainly regarding Call of Duty, I think it's the prevailing opinion online that Call of Duty fucking sucks, and it has done for the last five years. Um, and yet, if you look at the statistics, it's by and far, far more played than pretty much every other game out there. Um, Call of Duty has become The Simpsons. It's a show that like ran out of ideas a long time ago, but people still watch it. Oh, it's become Madden. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's the Madden of FPS. Which, uh, for people like that, that's like the American football games, or, or even the FIFA games, because they're all fucking the same. Oh, yeah. Every single year they release the same game with maybe a different person in it, which is just a reskinned version of one of the old people, and, you know, a different name over their head. Can um, I, uh, this, this, is, this is an amazing transition to my topic. Okay. <laughs> um, because they have innovated with the, the FIFA and Madden games now. They're oh. introducing NFTs, or talking about it at least. You know the whole um, the NFTs. For those that don't know, it's like non-fundable or not non-fudgeable token or something like that. Basically, it's it's uses blockchain, the same stuff that cryptocurrency is based on, um, or the same technology at least, not the exact same thing, to make sh to essentially create like a digital ID. So you could prove that like this gift that you have is unique and you have the only one it can't be recreated or duplicated or, or hacked or anything and ea and activision and a couple other companies have decided that you know how they have those like fifa you can get like player packs for like five bucks you can open this pack that has a one percent chance of giving somebody who doesn't have a broken leg the they're doing that but they're now doing it they're they're introducing nfts to try and get people excited about buying loot boxes again so what do they actually do? Basically nothing. So all the, the in practice there is no difference. But in in theory what they could do is go like here there are we're doing this special limited time thing there's only going to be 100 of this, you know, card item whatever out there. And you can only get it from this pack, and there's a 0.05% chance. It's $2 a roll. Go for it, everybody. And then people are going to spend, like, two grand trying to get this thing that is going to be unique. Like, there are only going to be 100 of them, so they can't hack it, can't duplicate it, whatever. Um, but it's still loot boxes, and it's still a waste of money. And it's still a kind of a dirty business practice. Um, I'm not hearing anything new. <laughs> it's That's what I mean. In practice nothing's changed but in okay. theory in because do it, they it, understand how like people that play games work <laughs> no they what they understand is how <laughs> gambling works because this is how you, they get you get people hooked on like slot but machines it doesn't even and, improve your odds it doesn't but what they've done is they've added a new layer of flash it's like before would you play the old slot machine that just has a little bit of confetti and some sparklers, or you want this new slot machine that sings you a fucking song whenever you pull the lever. 
But not, there's no actual difference for the players, so it doesn't... Exactly. There's no actual difference, but in theory, in their minds, they've got this unique thing. There's only a hundred of them out there. Like, how... Like, it's... it's oh, I see what you mean. All right, so it's like... It's all mental. Like, yes, they'll, they're, they'll probably implement the technology, and they'll probably implement it badly, but... For the play, like they're they're thinking the return on investment because in the players' minds and the person who is hooked on these things and spending money on the loot boxes, in that player's mind, they might get something unique. That might be something valuable. Specifically, they what they've done is they've done the fucking Willy Wonka. Yeah, the golden ticket. Exactly. There's a golden. They they haven't done it yet. This is something that they're proposing and talking about. And, they, they, so they can say that only so if two people on the opposite sides of the globe both roll a pack mm. and they open that pack at the same time, for example, then only it's and there's only one ticket left in the universe, mm. then only one of them should be able to to get the ticket. And that ticket will will be uniquely identifiable, so it stupid. can't be hacked or duplicated or anything like that. Stupid. It is. It's it's stupid, but. I also think slot machines are stupid and the most popular thing at casinos. Um, yeah, I didn't get that either, to be fair. But, yeah, it's, it, it, it tickles the, you know, the lizard part of your brain, which is like, ooh, give me the big shiny thing. It's not tickling my fucking brain. <laughs> I, I know, it's just... But this is... This is what they're talking about now. So, yes, they're, it, that's how they're innovating. They're innovating Absolutely. to find a new way to give you a shiny thing and steal your cash. <laughs> If it was like the fucking Coke cans, but like, so say there's a hundred of these special axes going out, right? Yeah. And your axe has the specific number for which one it is. Then, yeah, I can see it driving up the price, but that's just increasing the price on a night. Like, oh, I have an axe with number 69 on it. No one else has this on the entire planet. That Because I'm the 69th. That, that is basically what they're talking about doing. That's just retarded. Uh, it will have sorry. like some kind um, of a unique identifiable code. There's, there's other. <clears throat> yeah, it, there's. They're they're innovating, but not in a in a in a great in way. a really fuck about. Like we've been screaming at the companies for years, and I'm not talking about you and me. I mean, like the whole fucking internet have been saying loot boxes are trash. Get rid of them. The problem is they make tons of cash. Yeah. <clears throat> And like the, a whole bunch of governments are now saying no. If you have this kind of stuff in your game, we are not letting you sell your copies in our state or yeah. country or well. The whatever. Dutch told them I think they had to be rated at uh, eighteen plus or something like that, or they have to be taxed because they have a tax on casinos and stuff. There, there was I some think way to California do it. California did something as well. Yeah, I don't know if it was California. Yeah, maybe it was California. Um, but I know the one I remember was the Netherlands. Uh, they were. They took him to court, and I think the Netherlands is the only place that you can get like these these games without loot boxes in them. Um, mm. But you basically are just playing for a shittier experience because they didn't change the ratios. You still have to grind to get the fucking things just as much as if to the people who are going to pay for them. It's this whole topic, by the way, is like a perfect transition to my second point as well. Oh, but I'm we holding off on it because. We haven't spent that much time. We didn't spend much time on the first point, and that was meant to be the big one. Um, yeah, like, so, like, I don't know, like, not even, 
Look at look at Rocket League, okay? I don't play Rocket League. I don't even really enjoy... Well, actually, I kind of enjoy watching people play it. I would... It's it's not a game I would ever play a lot of. And yet, at the same time, I have so much more respect for Rocket League than I do for any of the FIFA, Madden, NBA fucking games. Because it was a, a unique concept. Well, for a, several reasons. For a start, I'm pretty sure, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's no microtransactions in it. They may have been added. I know you can get skins and stuff for it. I, I think don't... you can buy DLC skins, but that's buying... You're buying a product, you're not gambling on it. Yeah, think. yeah, you're not opening a box and you have a 1.5% chance to get something you may or may not want. Exactly, you just buy what you want. That's... I, don't, I never had a problem with that. Yeah. And... They continue to innovate all the time. Like, there's new game modes coming out, there's more free skins that you can just collect, there's different, like, maps you can play on. Like, they are ex they are taking a concept and expanding it as far as the human's creativity can be expanded. And that's something that really makes me appreciate a developer and sets aside, I was going to say, the... Uh, the indie developers from the AAA titles, because the AAA titles typically just need to grab money. Whereas I feel like indie developers put a bit more time and effort into um, maintaining their games. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, go on. It comes down to... We, this is something we were talking about before we actually even started recording, but it comes down to like the small business thing. Like The indie developers have the incentive to really listen to their customer base because their customer base is smaller. And mm. it's just like a mom and pop shop. So like a, a mm. tiny corner store. Not always. Not always, but in general, it's in their interest. Like a tiny yeah. corner store in a small town. In general, they're going to want to, you know, have a higher level of customer service to stand out from the big, you know, box chain down the road or something like that. And mm. it, I think it's the same thing with a lot of games. Um, like EA. EA can afford to say, we don't give a shit what you think. Because they've got a, a like a billion person customer base, um, but somebody who like the the smaller developers who are making like um, I don't know Rocket League, we'll use Rocket League as an example. They have an incentive to listen to their player base and actually yeah. do stuff that they want and not alienate them. And I know we keep coming back to this example like basically every other week, but um, you, do you know the the development company Hello Games? I've heard of them. Yeah, that's because they're the ones that made um, No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what I mean by we keep coming back to it. These guys have been putting out free DLC for like years now, I think. And I still haven't um, forgiven them. Well, that's the thing. I think it's like it's like you've got a puppy, right? That's they went and, like, shat on the carpet when they were two. Mm. And you're like, we're very disappointed in you. And it spent the next three years, like, being the best little dog ever, trying to make you happy with them again. And I can't be mad at them. Now, I look at him, and I've already forgotten the instant. They've melted my heart. <laughs> and me, I'm a bitter, vindictive old man. So, yes. I still haven't forgiven him. You're still kicking the puppy. <laughs> I, I'm still... No, I, I think... <laughs> I'm less mad at the developers and more mad at Steam because in my mind I was like 
sold something based like the, on fraudulent claims, and they would not refund it. So, right. um, I think I spent for an entire year or so, like every week, I would I would send a refund request on that game just because I was bitter, and I kept mm. getting rejected. And I think I actually got like a warning on my account at one point to to stop doing it, um, but I kept doing it. Yeah, well, I mean that's the divide between you and me. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my we are problem, very different gamers. I paid sixty dollars for nothing, basically. Yeah, and I specifically didn't spend that money because even though it looks really cool in the adverts, I, I feel like I'm quite good at guessing when a game's going to be shit before it's come out. Well, I I hadn't heard. I actually <laughs> avoided most of the hype, but I had uh, a friend who was like really excited about it. He's like, "Oh, it's going to be the greatest thing ever! It looks mm. amazing." That's the thing, people are like, when someone comes up to you, he's like, you can travel to different worlds, you'll have a spaceship, you'll meet all these strange and colorful and wonderful creatures, you can mine stuff, you can shoot stuff. I'm like, mean, okay, cool. You mean sport? There's not actually, if you took all of those things I just <clears throat> mentioned, that's not a game. Like, there's no reason to be doing any of it. There's no story, there's no objectives. That's that, not, Those are just things. That's not necessarily... So games like Minecraft, um, there was no objective to that when it first came out, and well, people that was bored. to create was the objective. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is that, but it has no real objective. You have to make that objective up for yourself. Like, if you don't create anything, there's no consequences. There's you know whatever. You could run around just you know killing wilderness like wildlife. You could go around also, ranching, get, getting diamonds and stuff was uh, a Minecraft thing. But I mean. Saying but, Minecraft is like saying someone's giving me an etcher sketch. Why is there no objective and story mode on this thing? But that's <laughs> that's my point. Is a game doesn't need an objective to be entertaining. It just yeah, need, but it needs to oh. have the problem with No Man's Sky was there was no content. There was there was an objective. You were supposed to get to the the core of the universe and go to the big Rubik's cube thing, and then it would just put you back at the beginning and you'd do it again. But there was no content. To get there was just empty space. You go down to the planet, you kick some wildlife, you get some carbon, shove it in your tanks, your fuel tank, fly off, go to the next planet, repeat, and then eventually you get to the cube, it says good job, and then puts you back at the beginning. Also, it, I didn't even know about the cube bit, to be honest. Yeah, there, is, there was an objective from the beginning, it's just there was no okay. content. Well, I, what always put me off about it was that you couldn't create anything. And to an extent, you still can't really create anything. And uh, it's kind of a fault, not of... It was a bad design choice, I think, where they... Uh, you, can't, you can't, like, paint or draw into the game. Uh, that's a really bad way of putting it. There's a bunch of specific, like, flaws that you can create. As in F-L-O-O-R. And specific walls and specific roofs. So at the end of the day, it's pretty much always going to look the same. Um, I don't know. But it's just <sighs> we've gone quite far off the point, haven't we? But this, what what you're saying there is, it's another point for the um, the whole innovation thing. Where where this is a problem with open world like survival games. You know, Minecraft had crafting and building and all that other stuff, and so did mm. like a couple other ones like Daisy that got really popular. 
and now everyone has to do it. Like, every game needs to have a crafting element. Every game needs... It, they don't. And so, it's like, yes, it, it, building mechanics are nice, but it wasn't absolutely necessary. They could have potentially built a really big and interesting game without that. Um, hmm. But they just didn't have anything. And I think the more a game focuses on crafting, the lower age the specified audience, I, I kind of think. Really? Yeah. So if you think about, like, um, Fortnite, for example, they throw in crafting and... There's fuck tons of kids. You could also say it's because of the cartoony art style. I, um, go on. I, I'm going to counter your, your point there with Factorio. Mm. That, that is not a game aimed at children. And that game is entirely about crafting. Yeah, not... Well, yeah, okay. In, in fact, you craft... You craft, everything and then you, you craft, craft things to craft more. Isn't, you, you, the things you craft in that aren't crafted for being pretty. Yeah, but so, okay, you're so, right. You're right. But I need yeah. to adjust the statement. <laughs> and, and the thing is, in, in Fortnite, you're not you're not building something to be functional or aesthetically pleasing. What you're doing is seeing how quickly you can throw a floorboard underneath you, so you can leap over somebody's head and shoot him in the ass. Like it's <laughs> the objective. I think is very there's different. definitely a lot more creativity, should we say, in the way that things can be laid out on there than. I don't know. I didn't watch Fortnite, so I guess it's fair. I've I've played it. I'll give you this one. Jake used to play it a lot, so I've 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 played it once because um, he yeah. installed it on my computer when uh, him and Kevin were down, and um, I tried playing it, and that's really all it. It's the the reason that one of those is a game aimed at like a younger demographic, and one is aged aimed at an older demographic is when you're building things in Factorio. They have to be functional, there's an objective, and they get very complicated. Fortnite, there's no need to be functional. There's no need to be aesthetically pleasing. It's just spastic, fast-paced, let's go, 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 and shoot things. That's why it. That's why one is aimed at a younger audience and one is... That, that's my, my read on it anyway. I, I would say when you're building in Factorio, you're not building, you're creating a spreadsheet. Well, that's how I see building in Factorio. Technically, but that's... You'd say the same thing with, like, redstone circuits in Minecraft. Um, oh, I never used redstone in Minecraft oh, when I, I was loved, a kid. I loved redstone. Like, that was my favorite thing. I used to... I had, like, a little lab that I'd set up to... To be fair, when Minecraft came out, I wasn't a kid anymore. I was I was. Yeah, 20. you weren't exactly that young. <laughs> so I guess I, I never got the experience of playing Minecraft as a child. <laughs> So I did when I was a, a, a quite young child, and like the objectives for me in that game were build a cool underground base and yeah. build a giant water slide. Those yeah. are the two like <laughs> those yeah. are the two objectives in in my eyes, and that was before the Ender Dragon and shit like that. So there wasn't a story to it then. Yeah, my um, favorite thing to do in that game was to build. Okay, we're we're getting way off topic because I know you have one last thing to say. True. Um. So, we're not going to talk about Minecraft anymore. Come on. What was it? Okay. It, you said so, it was related to the whole loot box thing. Yes. Well, a uh, trope that goes hand in hand with loot boxes. In fact, can you name it? Uh, pay to win? Uh, 
I mean, it is paid to win in, in some games. I'll give you one more guess. Um, I don't know. Uh, Battle passes. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, I should have gotten that one. Yep. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, as you've probably seen, I've been playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic recently. I did see that. And you can probably see where this is going. <laughs> did they add a battle pass? Battle Rock Galactic have added a battle pass. <laughs> Which, when I saw it, my fucking blood drained out of my face, and I was like, oh, shit. And then I remembered mm. that Battle Rock... Battle Rock? Deep Rock Galactic Battle Rock. does not have any microtransactions in it, aside from paid DLC skin packs. So, it is the best uh, version of the Battle Pass, which you very rarely see. Mm. But the Battle Pass is free, and all you have to do to win it is to put effort into the game. Mm. Which is what I love to see. Uh, there's no premium version of it. You just fucking play the game, you get the points for it, you get the special extra loot that you would have not gotten, but you're still doing the same content in-game. Yeah. I Battle passes, I mean, they make a lot of sense, and I do I do like the ones where it, there's, there's mm. not a, uh, a paid version. Yeah. Uh, but it, it makes sense because it's, it's a nice non-manipulative way, at least it's not super manipulative way, to keep your audience coming back to the game because people are yep. like, oh, you know, I if I just, you know, just I'll log in and I'll play a couple games because I want to get the points for this thing and I want to, or mm -hmm. they'll have like the daily rewards or something like that. That's a that's a decent way to keep your player base coming back and interested in the game. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I the paid ones always annoy the hell out of me. And, uh, yeah, it was laid out really nicely. There's a single terminal in the hub area, mm -hmm. which has two screens, and that covers... Well, technically, it's three. The third is, like, the uh, the in-game lore reason for why it is happening. And they ha are actually progressing the story in that. Okay. What? What was that smile? No, I'm just... I'm. I'm that's, that's an extra level of effort I wasn't expecting, that they actually integrated oh. it into the story. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, a rival mining company... Is has entered the the planet's area, and so and they're all they employ all machines. They've added a new mission where you literally go out and sabotage the enemy's shit. Um, there's new like fuck tons of new enemies. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, um, and there's a bunch of new cosmetics, we weapon cosmetics, color schemes that they've added. All this different stuff that goes along with it. And yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's brought me back to Deep Rock, even though it's a game that I bought years ago. And like every like half a year or so, they bring out a new big update and like brings me back to it. Mm. This is what I was talking about, where it's one of those companies that gives a shit rather than moving on to a, a, the next big, big thing or making a bunch of, you know, paid shit. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah. There's a company that, um, oh God, excuse me. Uh, well, what's the company I was thinking of? I mean, Splitgate did that for a while that they they kept backing, kept making it better. But um, mm. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I'm just I can't think of it now. They to an extent they did this with the Halo Master Chief Collection. That one's been out forever, 
and they keep adding in free stuff. They're just like, hey, now it's out for PC, and also, hey, now you can play ODST, and they didn't charge for that. It was just, you just got it. I, th- I think that you just got it. I don't think they charged for it. Or they're like, okay, now, you know, Halo Reach is on here. Mm. Like, I, I do like it when a company cares enough about, you know, the product they're putting out to keep coming back and, you know, giving some updates for it and that's always yeah. yeah that's always a plus that's that's kind of the thing that divides and i was i was uh, wrong. it wasn't it, it wasn't free oh wait that was enough free oh no 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 so what they did you can buy the whole game which comes with everything this is halo right halo yeah halo um master chief collection yep so you can buy the the base thing which is 40 dollars, and it comes with halo one reach two three four and three odst and or you can buy any one of those games individually um and i think they're all 10 bucks except for odst which is five so that's a really interesting model so you can buy the whole thing and it does come with everything and if you already owned it and you didn't have those other things you just got them for free I mean, that's just like a bundle buy in Steam, where quite often companies will say, buy all of our games for a cheaper price or buy them individually for slightly more. It, that's way, the way it is now, but my point was that the game was already out, and they just mm. added a whole new chunk to it, and they could have made it buy separately DLC, but instead it was just part of the package. If you already owned it, here, you get it for free. Yeah. Um, oh. Mm? Sorry, I just remembered one other thing relating to Deep Rock. They've also released... Uh, all the classes have an extra gun that they can ha- they they can use, um, which uh, there there are people who have been playing this game for so long, and uh, just an extra gun makes things so much cooler. So you know how I said the other day I was playing the uh, assault class with that like small cannon basically that mm-hmm. fired missiles. Yeah, they have released for him like one of those. I think they're called hedgehogs or something. They're um, like I imagine a square rocket launcher, which has like sixteen perforations in the end, with which missiles shoot out of. Mm. Like really cool, just content they've put in for free. And I that haven't is, had to yeah. go down. Go on. That is that is the, always the nice thing is when games like that they continue to update them they continue to support them there's another mm. one that and i know the moment that we stop recording i'm going to remember what it is it wasn't halo but there's god whatever mm. anyway um yeah let's uh let's let's end it there because we are at the end of the segment and i want to move on to uh the next one yeah so i got some interesting stuff for that yeah i've got I don't know how interesting it'll be, but it, I'll definitely have fun complaining about it. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. All right. This is going to be the end of segment one of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the Team CJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. And this week, we did not watch a movie, but... We did not. Although I'm all... planning... Oh? Uh, the Dark Knight 1. Oh, the... When, um, when Bat- we all have time. <laughs> what is it? Bat- Batman Begins or something like that? Or Batman... Uh, it's the one with Scarecrow, yeah. right? Yes. The one with... Uh, almost Shelby. 
as the skipper. The, uh, and, oh my, uh, that's, and also, I, it took me a long time to realize that was the same actor. Like I'd already yeah. seen a bunch of Peaky Blinders before I pieced together that they were the same person. And uh, Liam Neeson as Razal Ghul. Yeah, that was a good one. I really liked that one. But yeah, no, today we are going to be discussing... Well, first off... The other night... I say the other night, I mean about like a week ago... Mm. Scott, Mass, Nick, and I... Collectively, as one, watched the first two episodes of Arcane... Oh, okay. I've been looking at that and not sure if I want to give it a try. What's it like? So, well, first of all, the conversation was like, ah, oh, great, Kaiser's not in that channel today. Let's fucking watch. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> oh, um, okay, so I, as you know, know fuck all about League of Legends. Are you, are you all right? My camera froze. Keep going. Okay, it looks like you're meditating on my screen. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. It, it froze while I was blinking. Anyway, just no, keep talking. Um, so, yes. Um, it's very distracting. Um, <laughs> the Arcane. So, yes, I don't know many of the characters, and uh, but I do know Jinx. Um, and she is like a very young girl when this starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I'm guessing it kind of... Uh, it probably to some people explains why some people are on the... I was about to say dire side, but that's Dota, I think. It, why it, some people are evil and why some are good. I think it, it takes place, if I remember right, it takes place in Piltover. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, so there's yeah there's there's criminals and it's essentially like a steampunk city and so there's there's people who are on the wrong side of the law on the right. I don't know if they actually have faction names, but yeah, it reminded me a lot <clears throat> of We Happy Few, although without the drugs. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so there. I'll actually I'll, I'll try not to say any story and just give my impressions of what happened. Yeah. Um, they made a lot of. <laughs> game references that were kind of shunted in a little bit oh, dumb. Yeah. Um, well, I say a lot. They didn't make that many. Um, they were just very obvious when they happened. Yeah, enough to be noticeable. Yeah, like, these guys were sitting in a pub. I can't remember what the pub was called. It was The Last Drop or something. Mm -hmm. And the bartender's talking to these two patrons who are being cunts. And he finishes with with the uh, the line that's meant to be badass, but came off just kind of cheesy, in my opinion. He finishes with, "You're in the lane now." Oh my god! <laughs> uh, which I get it, but it's 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 not very good. Um, that being said, the characters are all quite. Uh, well, no, not all of them. Some of them are quite um, well put together. Mm. I can differentiate them from just generic everyday characters you get in some productions. Um, you kind of want some characters to do well, others you want to, to do poorly. And... Yeah, but most important thing, which is the thing that will really... It's the, the magnum opus that will bring you to watch this. The chief of police is the same 
actress as the governor of Earth from Expanse. What? Yep. I, you know not who I, mean? I, was, I, I know the I know the actress you mean. That's not the character I was thinking of. I'm assuming there's probably some. Yeah. Okay. She she's like a hard boiled police hey. officer. Um, so the slightly more dramatic theme that happens in one of the early episodes, in fact, it might even been the first, <coughs> um, which kind of was a bit shocking, especially because, you know, how uh, safe a lot of people are with uh, media these days. Yeah, that, is that... that was honestly one of my concerns going into this. It was like, are they actually going to tell a good story or are they going to be too afraid to do anything? Well, Jinx is as a, like a very young girl is running away from some people that essentially want to take her shit and kick her in the head. Yeah. And she's hiding around this corner, and then she she pulls this canister out of her pockets, right? Opens it up, grabs a handful of nails out of her pocket, and starts, like, chucking them into the canister, seals it up, throws it around the corner at this kid that's chasing her. Oh, God. And then it doesn't go off. Hmm. But just the very fact that they had a child making a nail bomb and throwing it at another child is I, so risque. Jinx is uh, a fairly dark character to like to begin with. Like if even the backstory that I knew about her from playing the game, like she's essentially she's some kind of deeply traumatized person who mm. is just basically she's essentially like a terrorist for Piltover, like blowing shit up and yeah. But in this she's essentially a six year old sweet innocent girl. Yeah, and then, this, is, this is a backstory, yeah. Like, in the game, yeah. she's much older than that. Um, and yeah, and then she's throwing fucking nail bombs at people, and it's like... Whoo. They started like, her off young. Not not long later, she's like the runt of the group. Um, um, this this other enemy gang hmm. that was chasing her and her friends... Um, well, her friends were straight up fighting the enemy gang. She ran away. The enemy gang leader, they were all beaten to shit. And the enemy gang leader is like, pulls out a knife when he's like, bloody on the floor. And he's like, I'm gonna fucking cut you. And it's like, ooh, he's pulled out a knife on her. And then he kind of drops it and, and fucks off when just the protagonist leader um, is like, you don't want to do that. And I, I feel like that was meant to be the most dramatic, significant point. Because it's like, ooh, the kid's got a knife. Fucking the little girl just pulled out a nail bomb and you expect him <laughs> to top that? Like <laughs> that's going too far, is it? Um Yeah, one of those those issues where the uh maybe the writing staff didn't understand how people would react to one or the other. Hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of references. There's the fucking symbols clapping monkey. You see. Uh there's one of the characters who I don't know has like a picture of uh, himself holding like a hammer that's the same that they have in the game apparently hmm. um, there was a point where Scott was like oh that's that guy's I can't remember his fucking name Gerald or something it was really stupid like Steve something like that okay. and he was some kind of magician character and twisted and uh, no it was a really basic ass name Okay. Um, I played that game for 10 years and I don't remember half the characters' names. Yeah. Um, 
Um, well, there's like 140 characters, I think, now. There's Yeah, there's quite a few. Quite a but what I mean is even characters that I played a lot of, I would just call them the dude with the sword or something mm. like that. Is and Jace a character? Jace is a character, yeah. Has he got a hammer? Yeah, he does. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, Jace. But this isn't the guy that Scott... So Scott was like, oh, that's Steve! And then, like, two episodes later, a completely different character comes up and announces himself as Steve. And then we all pause the video and we're like, ah, Scott, you're wrong! <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Yeah, I think that they've got quite a few of the characters from the game. Um, not all immediately recognizable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the story itself, again, as someone who doesn't really care about League of Legends, is really good. I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, they, they had a lot of room to kind of build up the lore, because there really isn't a lot of lore in the game itself. Like, there's there's the basic stuff and what you can piece together from character dialogue and... What not? Blue's, Blue's choking. <laughs> oh god, Sorry. he's dying. Um, okay, I, I may, I'm gonna check it out then, because I, I did enjoy the lore of the games, at least, you know, what I know about it. Yeah. And Piltover was one of the settings that I thought was the coolest, so I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what, what it is. Um, I'm glad that it isn't... Uh, it sounds like it's okay, um, and I'm... Yeah. I, I might have more to say after I, I watch a few episodes. But... That little fucking furry's in it. Timo? Timo. Okay, game... Yeah, it's ruined. I'm not watching it. <laughs> um, I and that character. I don't think they... I don't think they did it badly. I don't think they did it badly. Um, That's good. That I good. think it's a show that... Honestly, I, I think I would pitch it as someone who has never played League of Legends more than I'd pitch it as someone who has played League of Legends. Um, I think it's it's easily a story you can enjoy if you have never even heard of League. I feel like if you have played League, then you might well, find that, some little niche thing that's not quite right with the game or something. Well, and that's, that's what they needed to do. They needed to make something that <clears> was an appealing story first and not just a whole bunch of references. So it's something yeah. that it sounds like people who have played it will enjoy and people who haven't played it will enjoy. Because people who have played it, they get to see their favorite characters on screen and yeah. fleshed out and learn some of the lore. The people who haven't played it, they have to be able to enjoy it for a good story. And if they can, yeah. that's good news for them. Yeah. I mean, if you don't get the lanes joke... It really doesn't... Do I mean, if you don't understand the joke, then it probably makes a lot more sense. Because he's just like, oh, okay, this this district is called The Lanes, and it's probably like a bit of a, a grotty, muggy, mugger central place. Yeah. Um, that was terribly put. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. Alright, I'll check it out. Because... I, that, that was my one one worry. I, I kind of like, it keeps popping up at my feed, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch it now. All right. I just finished watching a series. <laughs> so despite, I, I used to watch quite a bit of anime. Like, it used to be a genre or a, a type of media that I, I consumed pretty regularly all throughout, like, my childhood and then into college. Yeah. Lately, um, I think really it's, it's once I passed... 30 i was just like i started to lose interest in it more and more um not lose interest there's still some stuff that i really really enjoy cowboy bebop is something that i've gone back and watched again and it's still enjoyable now um 
but a lot of stuff I haven't really got been into, um, even stuff that I used to like. But recently, I started watching a series. I say recently; it was like a couple months ago, um, with uh, one of my I, my friends from from home. And when we were kids, we used to enjoy watching these like Battle of Wits animes, stuff like mm. Case Closed, Death Note. There was a series called uh, Spiral, which was pretty good up until the ending, which blew. Um, This one, I had to look up what the series was called because we've just been calling it Terrorist Children. Um, But the the series is called Terror in Resonance. And the concept, it's only like an 11-episode long series, I think. The concept is these two, like... Uh, 17-year-old kids um, are, like, they're going around in, like, these cheap masks, sending messages to the police, and then committing acts of terrorism around Tokyo. And they're they're not, like, any joke. Like, in one, they blow up half of a government building, which it still had people in it and stuff, and Mm. causes all kinds of damage. They, they, I think they blew up a police station in one of them. They, they caused, like, a major train accident. Like, bad bad stuff and the reason the series was enjoyable at least for me was because it they have this battle of wits there's like a detective who's trying to figure out like what's going on and hunt them down but um there's the the two of them who are also being hunted down by a couple like government organizations including the police yeah Um, do they have good motive for doing these things that's where the series kind of falls apart. They do. Yeah. So they do have a motive. Like one of the, the subplots, and this isn't really a spoiler because they give it away in like episode two. Um, but their their motive is that they were, like there was a secret government program in Japan, like post-World War II, to try and um, build back up to their, their old glory. And so what they did was they found children and tried to find a way to essentially engineer savants without any of the normal like social repercussions so people who are just absolute geniuses but they but they can still um function like perfectly normal um and these kids were all part of that experiment and most of them died is what you find out and these two that are causing all the terrorist incidents they were the ones that escaped um, and it's, I, I, the impression I got, it was like, it was them taking revenge on society or, or on the, the, the people who did this to them or, right. um, some, something along those lines, like they, they needed to, or they were trying to send some kind of a message. I didn't, it well, wasn't, they've got parent issues. Basically that there was some kind of a, a message that they were trying to get across it didn't click with me. I might like rewatch the last couple episodes again to see if I can't figure out if I missed something. But at the <laughs> the one thing that like struck us, there was this one there was this one character. She was this girl, just normal girl that was in school, but she gets like kicked out of her home by her mother and so she's like homeless and mm. you know, she ends up falling in with them like the two terrorist kids and she's like the most useless person in the world she just sits there whining and almost gets them killed like twice an episode yeah it and, sounds like you're uh you very much take the side of 
the terrorists. The, Don't I get think, me wrong. I think the series wants you to. Okay. But no, my my absolute favorite character was the detective guy. Like his, okay. he's this old retired guy. He's kind of forced into early retirement. Because he fucked mm. up a case or something like that, or it's my partner. last job before retirement. He's, he's already retired. He's he's working oh, in like yeah, the, yeah. the archives of the police station with this fat dude yeah. that just eats donuts all the time. And is that his partner or something? Oh no, wait, secondary partners don't. No, no, they're, they're just they're just in the archives. They're they're not yeah. actually solving cases anymore. They're they're essentially librarians for the police. Um, but he gets called out of retirement to try and well, not not called out. He just. He can't stop thinking about the case because he hears about it and his old detective brain comes back. And yeah. He's, he's yeah. actually a really cool character. Um, the terrorist kids, like, they're, they're kind of hit or miss. They're uh, One of them's a little more interesting than the other one. When's um, it set? Uh, modern day. So I think it came out in 2010 or 2011, so it would have been modern day at that time, so like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and I remember when we were, when I was, you know, like, buying it and looking it up, it, I, one of the things that I saw on the, the wiki page for it is it's completely banned in a few countries because, I mean... Probably America, I would have thought. No, no not America, because you watched it, but, like, I, I'm yeah. surprised it wasn't. No, I think one of the big ones, it was banned in China. <laughs> um, probably because it very clearly de depicts, like, ways to make bombs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and other ways to, like, commit fairly heinous acts. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was in 2010, I mean, kind of. I, I don't know. I'll. I'll I was going to mention the, the. Obviously, the towers. Yeah. Well, it was 10 years after that. Yeah. And it's also set in a different country. So that's probably why. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's I, I don't know why. I... Yeah. Right. But. Anyway, just something I, I finished, and it was something quick um, that I thought was interesting to talk about. It, But yeah, it's... Oh, God. Yeah? That girl character is just so fucking annoying. I'm just thinking back. I think in the end of the... Um, also, huge spoiler, she gets one of them shot uh, at the end of the movie. Also, I, No, sorry. The ending. I'm going to talk about the ending because it annoys okay. the hell out of me. Most of the series was pretty good up until the ending. In the ending, the last thing the kids do is they have like a nuke floating in... No, no. They, they, they set off a nuke in the upper atmosphere. Like a small one that EMPs and wipes out like planes are crashing. It wipes out a bunch of electricity all over the country. Mm. Um, and they eventually finally get hunted down by the police and caught. And, How the fuck um, do you just get access to a nuclear bomb in space as kids? I, I, it's a bit contrived. They, they, this okay. is where the the plot point of oh, they're genius savants comes in. Is they they mm. they've been preparing for this, then they know how to do all this stuff. Um, and they get caught, and they have one last plan. And he's got like a button, and he's essentially they've strapped normal bombs to nuclear reactors all over the country, or all so essentially causing like Chernobyl all over the place. Yeah. Not war, but serious more bombs oh, oh yeah sorry more bombs but not nuclear yeah. normal bombs on reactors and they're making <laughs> this threat <laughs> they're making this threat and the police are, are like trying to arrest them and then the girl starts you know shouting and crying again mm -hmm. and then a helicopter pops up and um a guy like leans out with a rifle and he has choices on who to shoot he can he can shoot the girl 
which makes no sense, but it would have made me laugh. <laughs> could have shot the the guy who has the button that if he presses it will blow up the bombs. Right. Or he could shoot the other random kid who's trying to calm the girl down. He shoots that kid. Yeah. But the guy who has the button to blow up the bombs just decides not to. And well, just because it's like you don't shoot the hostage when it's the only fucking well, thing the that host- you've got. I mean, were they expecting to walk out of this alive? No, no, they were expect they they were they said at the ending they were expecting to be caught. It just it was it was a very oh. confused and very contrived like ending sequence that didn't make a whole lot of sense, and it 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 felt like they just wanted to wrap it up. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I won't I won't belabor that too much longer. But that I that's see. what I was watching this week. Uh, cool. Well, I um the other the other point I've been. I've been watching. I've been more Squid Game. Oh, nice. How far into it Still are you now? I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Uh, so, last time we talked up until the Honeycomb game. Yep. And the point that I'm at now is we've just finished the Marbles game. Oh, that's that's a rough one. Yeah, so, well, before that, first of all, the tug of war. Mm. Um... I don't know. It was all right, but it wasn't a very memorable game. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was basically in my mind that that game was there to establish, like, the but smart old... is better than strong. Well, no, no, that the old man actually had value to the team. Yeah. Um, because up until that point, that like they're all together and they're like, "Oh shit, this is you know, this is awful." It also was mm. there to show that the um, the uh, what is it the the um, the gangster guy, like the whole thing between to set up the the hatred between him and that that woman. Well, yeah, they 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 fucked. That was before it. Yep, mm. that happened. But and then she did that to kind of secure her place with his strong team, and then he kicks yeah. her to the curb right before the. Uh, yeah, because the doctor whispers in his ear. Yeah, and lets him know that it, you need strong people for this. Yeah. Um, which, I mean... I don't know. You don't fuck crazy. Uh, <laughs> no, that, was, that <laughs> so, was a bad move. Put it bluntly. Um, yeah, the... Tug of War, also... I feel like there's better ways they could have done the Tug of War thing. Uh Especially because the moment one side dropped off, I was like, great. Now the others are just going to get dragged off the edge as well. I thought (laughs) that too. Yeah, there's a guillotine there, but it's like, that's... (laughs) They they could have... I thought the guillotine probably could have dropped a little sooner. Yeah, they left it fucking late on the the, the main character's one. Um, For a while, yeah. Yeah. uh, They left... Well, so they they left you on a cliffhanger, literally, uh, at the end of one episode, because, you know, they're just about to finish that um tug of war mm. and then they do the the running forward strat yeah so the other people fall over and then pull back as and then pull as them can. off yeah yeah which that's not a bad strat but it didn't look like they had that much room to begin with yeah i mean they, um, it was one of those things where they were crazy desperate because they they had been winning and then they got pulled back again and yeah i don't know why they didn't just re-engage the lean back strat so I should clarify for those that haven't seen the series. Um, what yes, the, the game but... that's happening is five people. Is it five or six 
people. Six, I think. Six people on either side of a rope. They're big on this this really high up platform. Tug of war. Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight people, high up platform. You you have to keep pulling until the other team falls off the platform. A guillotine comes down, chops the rope. Those people fall to their death on concrete below. That's the premise of the game. Yeah. And they have uh, a, a new rando character who's kind of... He's definitely not one of the main character group, but at the same time, they do kind of keep harking back to him, which is the uh, the religious guy who's a bit of a dick. Oh, yeah. Um, he's yeah. like, oh, God, please, thank you for saving me on this thing. And yeah, I the, don't know. The plot point in this episode is that, we're, is that the... Um... Like the doctor has made like this inside deal, so he knows what the games are ahead of time, and he uses that to kind of inculcate himself in with the, uh, you know, the big gangster group that's that's led by that one. I I don't know what the Korean mafia essentially, um, and he lets them know that you're gonna want like strong men for this one because he knows it's tug of war, and that's why. Basically, it looks like the main character's team is going to be fucked because they've got an old man, three kind of waifish girls, and then the, the the other, and then they've got like two normal dudes, and then the one, the Indian dude, who's like you know beefy as fuck. He's like the yeah. one strong man. Love that guy. Um, yeah. So it's, anyway, that happens. They they outsmart the enemy team, and it goes to. Uh, the next night, and the doctor's being pulled aside every so often to essentially do surgery on some of the um, the dead contestants, take their organs, and sell them on to yeah, someone. Else. Some of the staff is like trying to make some money on the side selling organs, which is stupid. All right, it's just stupid. Like, how do you get away with that to start with? How do you? Oh, there's just so many things I have that are annoying about that. And the Doctor fucks things up like an mm. idiot and gets himself and all the corrupt members... Well, not all the corrupt members, but most of the corrupt members killed. Yeah. And then they're hung up... So, when they were hung up there... Because mm. they kept talking about equality and balance. Mm. I, I was wondering if they are trying to do like a scales of justice kind of thing with the bodies... I, took I don't it think as, they were, but it would have been cool if they had. I took it as just like an effigy kind of thing. So the doctor does screw up the, the organ harvesting. They all get caught and um, gunned down by the guy who's organizing the game, Frontman. And um, then the next day when the contestants are going out to the next game, they see the doctor and the the staff members who were doing this strung up like on, mm. you know, on nooses above. And it was kind of not, like... Well, not even that. Like I was expecting it to bite by the neck, but they're very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, PC, they did it by the hands. Well, and the, the whole, uh, and then they, they do an announcement about, you know, the one thing that this game has is that everyone here has absolute equality. Like, there's, you know, no matter yeah, who like you the are. Old in the dude with the dementia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what they mean is, like, um, like you there's all. There's no outside sources. Yeah. You're, you're all, you all are operating under the same rules. Yeah. Um, and. So then it was. So the the, the the tug of war was also the beginning of the relationship between the two girls. Yeah, and uh, they were all. I mean, they're they're kind of just perfect for each other. They're just um, 
kind of emo-y mm. kind of I don't like talking to people I just want to be my own woman and I don't know yeah it was always just, no, uh, I mean the taller uh, one has a reason for it she's like she's essentially well, she, the one freckles no the tall the, the tall the one from North Korea I don't know if she had freckles or not but she was wicked the one that we know from the beginning or yeah the one you know from the beginning okay yeah, she's got crazy freckles. Oh, okay. I didn't notice. Yeah, she. I think she has more of a reason for being standoffish because she is someone that escaped from North Korea to the South and she's like, basically, you know, she's already lost family. She's doing everything she can to like keep her brother alive and she's in there to win the game so that she can pay to get her mother down. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And you find out about the other one in the Marbles game. Yep. Uh, so... Finished watching that literally this morning. Mm. Um, everyone gets paired up. The woman that got dragged out because she was the only one who didn't have a pair, I fucking bet she's going to come back because they never actually showed her being killed. I could be wrong, but I think she's going to be in one of the later games. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. I will say I made the same guess when I saw that. Okay. Um, I won't I won't spoil if you're right or not, uh, but I did make the exact same guess. But frankly, if they do shoot her in the head, I will lose no sleep. Because <laughs> uh, she's just fucking annoying. Um, so yes, everyone gets paired up with their favorite person. The one pair that I kind of wanted the camera to follow, but they never actually went to after the game began, was the uh, husband and wife. Yeah. yeah. They just, just don't know what happened with that. <laughs> yeah, they don't... Um, yeah, so but they they tell you know, like for this game everyone pair off with one other person and um, yeah and then they all go off and hunt somebody down. Yeah, so you you just have to win uh, against the other person. You have to get all of their marbles. It doesn't matter what game you're playing, as long as you're playing a non-violent game. Like yeah, but th th that's kind of skipping past the one thing that was like the big big like oh shit moment of this episode was everyone's pairing off with somebody they're close to somebody they're friends with yeah. somebody they think they can trust and then they find out well this pair only one of you is getting out alive because yeah. the goal <clears throat> is to get all the marbles from the other person by playing some sort of marble game and if the, the per so yeah and so it's there's this big moment where they're all they're all going like oh yeah we're friends yeah let's do this we're gonna win and then they announce mm. the game and everyone just goes like oh shit i would like to say when the match started i did not give a flying fuck about the two girls by the time the match ended i wanted them married with kids <laughs> like that was so. That was such a good scene. Just them sitting on the steps, talking to each other, talking about why they were there, mm. and then the sacrifice at the end. Um, God, that was fucking beautiful. Uh, so much so that even though the other two char main characters that died in that, mm. who I really liked as characters, mm. I didn't really give a f as much of a fuck about because I was so enraptured by the the heartfelt conversation between the two girls. Yeah, they had a um, good, yeah. Good. No, no, they they had a really good one. I I also like, oh my god, watching the thing between um, what's his face, the the stockbroker guy and Ali, the like, cunt and the Indian. Yeah, yeah. Like he that was, he was already starting to like because in in earlier episodes I was thinking of him. He's like okay, he's more morally ambiguous. Like he's eyes on the prize. 
He wants yeah. to get out and do it, you know, to help his his family because he he pawned his mother's house or something like that. It's like okay, I can see him trying to make hard decisions, but it was at that point where I'm like, okay, this guy just he has principles until they're inconvenient, and then he doesn't anymore. Yeah, uh, ever since the fucking honeycomb thing, I had that guy pinned as a cunt. Uh, also, I apologize, it's a very strong word I'm using, but who cares? It's it kind of applies to the kind of character that we're talking about here. Um, yeah, like this again, going back to the Indian Dark guy was this wonderful, innocent little puppy, and the stockbroker was just fucking curb stomping him essentially, and uh, he relied on him, and then he betrayed him. And God, it was just so scummy. And yeah. don't get me wrong, the show did a great job. It made me feel very strong emotion the, of hatred. <laughs> what what the old the old man did too, and I don't want to discount this, like him faking that he had dementia the whole time, just yeah, to mess with him. And at the very end, he he just he let him win, and he's like, "You don't forget what you did there." And yeah, no, the main character as. Like me, me and Lissy were talking about this after the episode, mm. and she was saying, "I go through kind of patches where I like the main character and patches where I don't." I'm like, "No." Uh, well, okay. So she said, "But it's, it's kind of it's a sign of a good story that it's kind of character progression where the guy was a bit of an ass uh, asshole and he's getting better." And I'm like, "No." Character progression is when someone starts off as a shitty person. And then they become a good, better person. This guy bounces between the two fucking extremes of saint and sinner, like, every episode. I cannot stand him. He is my probably least favorite character, discounting the woman who may or may not be dead now. I, so, first of all, I disagree. That's what, I think character progression is just a character developing. So it doesn't have to be positive or negative. It could be a character going from a good person to becoming a cold-hearted oh, yeah, killer. But... I, I think that Progressing the way... Bouncing back and forth isn't progression. I, it, well, yeah, I don't think he... Well, not necessarily. I think what you're seeing is a very human element. Because this story really does a good job of writing people in a very real human way. Like, they... That's something that a real person would probably do in that situation when they're not prepared for it. They're like, you know, they they want to be a good person, they've done good things, and they're they're trying to be better but they're going to have moments of failure, moments where they falter. And I think that's what the old man was trying to tell him at the end there, where he... So basically, he he tries to play the game with the old man, but then he Jedi realizes... Wins. The old man wins, and he's like, oh, what did I bet again? And he's like, oh, I, he, in a moment of desperation, he tries to take advantage of the old man's dementia. And then at the very end, the old man says something that reveals he he was perfectly cogent there. He was just, you know seeing if he would do it and then he the old man lets him win and just says it's like don't forget that you know you did that and he's totally not dead i don't think either okay you're predicting he's gonna live i didn't i didn't think i actually thought that i thought the opposite in that situation at the end of that episode i was like oh that guy's dead so the, the old man when when he's being shot the guy leaves the room you can't see the red guy as in the enforcer or the old man, you hear a gunshot. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I don't think Hollywood would have planned <clears throat> this far ahead anyway, but there was no, like, splatter or secondary crack as the bullet hit a wall or something. Mm. It was just a gunshot. 
Uh, and then you see a, just a slight sliver of just the red guy standing there, but it's only his head you can see because it's a weird fucking wall. Yeah. The old dude's not fucking dead. I'm pretty fucking sure. You've predicted. Especially because there's so much, like, where, where he was the one that ended the nighttime massacre, and he was fucking loving the first game, even though people were getting shot down all around him. He wasn't phased by that. Like, you can put it all down to dementia, but, like, no, nah, there's definitely something about that. Like, as much as I love him as a character, even though I think he's a traitor mm. in some respects. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think of the next few episodes, because, in my opinion, the Mar... Like, in terms of, like, emotional weight, hmm. the Marble episode was the one that had, like, the most, like... Brevity. powerful like powerful character drama for me um yeah. i will say some of the the plot points that are coming up i really loved i'm curious to see what uh what you think of them um but yeah okay let's let's not uh yes stand too much longer. we got a little bit more for segment th oh yeah i'm gonna be talking about a book in segment three yeah all right cool well this is gonna be the end of segment two of the team cj podcast thank you all for listening and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on segment three, our wild card. And uh, we're going back to talking about a book again. Uh, mainly because, like, what haven't we done in a while? It's been a few months since we did a book review, and I just finished an audiobook. Um, mm. It shouldn't go on nearly as long as the others because it's not really a plot-dense book. But it wasn't yeah. entertaining, uh, well, in my case, listened to because I was you know, listening to it on audiobook instead of uh, reading. Uh, the book right. was called Going Home, and... I think the the guy who wrote the author's name is like A American, like A first initial American. I don't know if the person's last name is actually American, but it is such an American book that it's like. I mean, it could just be that the guy was like, "I don't want my name on this." I know a few people do that. Yeah, like the um the author of the the Animorphs when I was uh, younger, like I think her moniker was like K A Applegate. Um, right. It was just initials yeah, and then a very generic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the plot of this book is basically like a prepper's wet dream. Like, you know, like the people who like yeah, they so stockpile I, supplies and yeah, that. And the main character. Apocalypse. That's the word. Sorry. Yeah, like the the apocalypse planners. Um, so the no, main character is know. is one of those people. He's not like super hardcore about it, but he's one of those people who like is practical about it. Like he mm. carries you know a pack in his car with some emergency food and like some basic you know tools and stuff. Um, he like is at his home. He has like a solar panel and generator set up if they lose power and stuff. They have food stores in the basement. You know they have you know a few rifles and pistols around. Um, and a decent amount of ammo. Like, the, the basic stuff. He's not going crazy. He's not building, like, a bunker or a fallout shelter. But he's more prepped than the other people. I can see you want to say something. What? Uh, okay, so what did you say? Because the plot doesn't take too long. So is it all right if I just keep interjecting? Oh, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Anytime okay, you go. have a question or something, keep going. I want that. This will be just a discussion. This is something I was actually thinking about the other day. And that was... Honestly, at this point, if there was, for example, a zombie apocalypse hmm. tomorrow, hmm. I think we would get through that faster than we did COVID. 
<laughs> I think you're right, yeah. Because everyone has heard about these things for so many years now. Everyone knows what these apocalypse stories are. Everyone's done the whole mind game thing of, what would you do if there was an apocalypse? Everyone has a plan. And... God, it's just, and what's more, you can see zombies, unlike COVID, you can, well, I mean, you can see a person who has COVID, but like, it just looks like a disease that someone has, right? Yeah. You could see zombies, so people would be naturally a lot more standoffish. They, and... Yeah, well, yeah, and it comes down to, um, I was having a discussion with uh, somebody uh, a few weeks back, and mm. they were they were making a comparison between like the... Uh, I don't want to talk too much about COVID, but the, the difference between like the AIDS epidemic and the COVID epidemic. And I'm like, yep. well, the, the difference is vectors of transmission. Like AIDS, there's really only a few ways you can get it. Like the HIV virus, there's only a few ways you can get it. COVID, it's it's a flu virus. It's going to mutate quickly. It's going to, it's airborne. It can go through fluids. It's it, There's a million vectors you can get it through. So, but anyway, yeah, no, so it's, I think the zombie virus is the same thing. There's only one vector you can get it through, and that's when they bite you. Yeah, and, well, unless it's like one of these ones where everyone who dies just becomes a zombie, then it's like, well, you kind of lost already, because yeah. everyone's going to be a zombie. Um, so, yeah, I reckon COVID, what, two years? Mm. Zombie apocalypse, I reckon they could bang out in a short month. <laughs> it's like, oh, just quick, we'll rewatch Walking Dead, and we've got this. Just like, even, even, the, even Britain... Renowned for not having guns, we have enough like military police still. Yeah, it would take them like a fucking week and to just the... scour the country with armed forces. Well, and out in the countryside and stuff, you've got like people who own like shotguns and rifles and things. That's all you need. That, that well, yeah, most of that would be like low caliber stuff, though. I imagine. Yeah, and but I mean, just the the same sort of thing. Like, anyway. So the the Sorry, book, yes, that was all I was a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, yeah, no, I I I do. That's I think that's why I enjoyed this story too. It it is a very much like an apocalypse kind of story, but mm. in a different way. So the guy is it opens up and the guy is driving home from a job. Like he lives somewhere in in Florida and he had to drive up to a Georgia or some a state north of Florida to, um, just for work. He's some kind of a contractor, and um. He's driving home, and then all of a sudden, car goes dead. Like, phone's dead, car's dead, nothing works. Yeah. And um, he makes Classic. a point of there being a few things that can cause this, like there's an EMP from, like, a nuke. There's... Right, he tries to reason it out, yeah. Yeah, it's the thing in his head, like, okay, what could have caused... So his first Wait, did you thing... say an EMP from a nuke? Yeah. Where, where was he again? Florida. Or Georgia. He was either in Florida or Georgia. He was on his way back to Florida. Okay. And again, but no, this is him trying to reason out. It's like, that's one thing that could have caused it. The other thing is a coronal mass ejection. If, you know, large amount of magnetic energy coming from the sun um, that just happened to be pointed at Earth, that could wipe out a lot of electronics on the side of the planet facing the sun. Um, yeah. So he goes through a couple things that could be causing this and he decides, okay, you know, I've just like you were talking with the zombie apocalypse. He's like, all right, I've thought about this. He knows his plan, so he waits in his car for a while to see if, you know, if anything changes. And when no one's driving around and nothing ch does change, a day later, he has, like, a pack in his car that has, like, some basic food stuffs, um, a pistol, and, like, 
Snickers bar. It's always a Snickers probably, bar. Probably some candy bars and stuff. He had <laughs> basic basic survival supplies. Um, and I think a few extra little things, like he's got like tools and a little miniature portable camping cook stove. Okay, yeah, a little hatchet, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, basically. Like the hatchet I have right behind me that like folds out. I, I love that thing, mm. by the way. It's it's a hatchet, it's a hammer, it's a saw, it's a knife, it's a flint, and it's a compass. All like in a one. a Swiss Army knife, but a Swiss Army axe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Viking Swiss Army knife. Um, yeah. But so he decides, okay, I gotta, I gotta get home because he's now he's worried about his family, as a wife and I think two or three daughters, and so he's like, all right, I gotta get home. It's a long. He's like a hundred miles away, so he's got to walk. Yeah. Um, and so he starts going, and he starts going through in his head, okay, what am I gonna need to do? Like he's starting to think about, okay, if this goes on for too long, right? Like at first, people are gonna be kind of civil, and then things are gonna start to break down. What? You know, just like. If you just started walking, that's like what a day of mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. to get. Well, not um, hundred. Let's miles? say two days. A hundred yeah. miles. You're gonna because it's not all a straight line. Some of it's gonna be on highways. Some of it's gonna be in back roads. Some of it's gonna be through small towns. And the worry he has, which this is the same thing with every kind of apocalypse scenario, um, people get tribal very quickly. And he doesn't know it's an apocalypse yet. He doesn't, but he's kind of planning for the worst and going through this okay. stuff in his head as he starts going. I think, like, the moment you come to town, perfect. You can get a telephone that works. That's the thing. There are none. So that's that's what he's finding out. That's why he waited to see how bad it was. If people came, he saw more cars on the road, like maybe it was just localized or something. But as he travels, he's seeing that more and more cars, they're all dead. Because cars okay. have more electronics in them now than airplanes. So, like, they're they're very complex computers, so they're not, like, old, old, like, old school cars, like, stuff made in the 50s and 60s. Mm. Those would run fine. You um, said this was modern day, right? Modern day, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so Turns he, out there's a couple of psychopathic kids with a nuke in space and an EMP. <laughs> yeah, like that, that TV show I was talking about <laughs> earlier. Um, no, but so he, he walks on... <clears throat> And makes it uh, to, like, he sees other people on the road and some people asking for some water and stuff like that. Or if he, or just, no, no, no. At first, people are just asking, oh, hey, do you know what happened? And everyone's kind of friendly and amicable. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Could be this. Who knows? And they say, Mm -hmm. all right, well, you know, good luck to you. And he says, good luck. And he moves on to the first sign of things. Then he reaches his first town. And again, it's only been like a day or so. So, like, there's a small convenience store and stuff, and so him in his mind is like, cash is only going to be worth something so long. Like, after a while, people are going to realize cash isn't going to be worth much in terms of survival. And so, first convenience store he finds, he pays with as much cash as he can, like, basically unloads all of it, and then buys, like, water, canned food, like, anything he can travel with to load up. He wouldn't Um, be able to carry that much. He, they do make a point that his pack is like uncomfortably heavy um, yeah. in the book. So that's one of the things that slows him down is... I bought all the root loo roll at that store. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, buy, he doesn't buy all the toilet paper. He's a little bit more practical <laughs> than that. Um, but no, he buys, buys like a... Basically what he can carry. And he does make a point that there are things that he wants to buy, but he can't because they're too heavy. This book okay. is extremely explicit on the things that he's buying. Like, 
to the point where they're talking about like brand names of the knives that he's carrying and stuff like that. And I don't know if they right. made them up or if they're real things, but they're yeah. very specific about like, oh, this is the survival equipment I have. And this is, you know, how it's why it's nice. And it's made of like hyper nylon and some stupid stuff like that. I specifically bought Diet Cola for that extra 15 percent off. That's that's the level of detail they get to. And it gets a little annoying at times. Like, I imagine for somebody who's really into this whole prepping thing, they would love that. It's like mm. if, if you're really into, like... It's like a checklist, yeah. Yeah, really into sci-fi and stuff, and they, they go into detail about the physics and everything like that. Mm. And if you're really into it, then I feel like it's that, but with prepping. Um, for me, it just was like, okay, can we move on? I don't need to know, you know, what what yeah. brand of MRE you bought. Can we just go on? Anyway, so there's a lot of inner monologue, and he makes when he's leaving that first town, this is where the first signs of things breaking down is. Like, there's some local like gangster, basically, um, right. street thug who's like taking advantage of this thing to try and like shake down people who are walking through the town. And he comes up to him and he's like, you know, posturing and everything like that. And things kind of go a little bit south when the guy's just trying to move on. And mm. the dude goes to pull a gun out of his belt. And the main character just pops him in the chest. Because. Found it. Yeah. It's America. Then, everyone's got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that, that happens. And that's when he decides, okay, now I've got to just, I'm going to avoid main roads because things are starting to break down. And yeah. so he starts moving. Now that he's a murderer about a day into this. Well, it's not a murderer. The guy pulled a gun on him. Yeah, he still fucking killed the dude. Well, yeah, but that's that's legal self-defense in the U.S., especially in Florida. Okay. My point is he murdered someone, not that he's a murderer. Hmm. Also, I hope he fucking yoinked his gun, because that's he some did. value right there. Yep, he, he looted him. <laughs> right off the bat, he looted him. He took his gun, he took some cash out of his pocket, and I think the guy had weed on him, too, so he took that, too. I just oh, is that it, a limited edition Funko Pop? I, I oh, do. Hell yeah. <laughs> I do remember reading through this, and I'm like, the, he's two days in, and he's already operating on like video game logic, and he's looting his first kill. <laughs> Gotta um, start checking those those toilets for the yeah the, the guns like the in guns. seven days. Oh my god, it did it did strike me as this guy made the transition very quickly, but I think at this point they'd done enough to establish him as like. He is completely, like, pragmatic in this. He is single-minded mm. in that, like, I need to live and I need to get home to my family. The book yeah. is called Going Home, so I, I kind of... I, there was a degree of stuff that I, I would have um, expected for that. Mm. Anyway, eventually, he travels through the woods for a little bit and he has, like, his little camping sleeping bag and they talk about the ways he has to try and keep warm because he doesn't want to light a fire for attracting attention and whatnot. Eventually, he makes his way onto a, a main road again, and he's walking down the road and finds his, himself... Uh, he, there's a rest stop, and the rest stop is, like, overrun with people who are all trying to get into this big... the nearest big town. And the big town, he finds... Like, uh, one of the people at the rest stop comes up to him and starts talking... Or he goes in there... Well, he's he's going to avoid it, but one of the people there come to him. This this uh, girl, girl. I think she in the book she's supposed to be like twenty something. Um, she's a call. They they make a point. She's a college kid, right? Okay. Um, and she is like. I don't like the fact that you mentioned that fact. I feel like that has some relevance to what you're about to say. Um, not 
entirely. Uh, so it, it's just, it's meant, I think her, the fact that they mention like her age and that she's like a college kid is meant to say that she's not prepared for this. Okay. Like she's more she's like a loose cannon. <laughs> no, no, no. More like she doesn't know what to do in this situation because typically people who are in college haven't really ever had to fend for themselves. Yeah, say, responsibility. Yeah, I say typically. There, there are definitely people like that out there, but mm. a lot of them haven't. Um, anyway, so she kind of ingratiates herself with him to try and get him to, like, because she's trying to get out of the rest stop because he learns from her that the town is basically barricading themselves and not really letting anyone in because mm -hmm. they don't want this influx of random people to just sweep through and cause trouble. Yeah. Um, and then... But she knows people in the town who will let her in. So she's like, come on, take take me with you. I have some practical skills. Look, I have some stuff with me. I got a water bottle. And, you know, she has, like, some basic food stuffs and whatever. And she, you know, he asked, like, have you, do you know how to handle weapons and stuff like that? He's like, she's, yeah, she, dad took her shooting or what. So he, he assesses her practical skills. He doesn't still doesn't want to take her with him. Yeah. But he's he's like, okay. And she kind of makes the arguments like, listen, you're not going to be able to watch yourself sleep. Like, we can take, you know, take shifts yeah. and everything. And he finally relents and is like, okay. So she talks to one of the guys who's guarding the barricade to the town. And, um, you know, the guy's like, yeah, we're just, just passing through. You know, I've, I've got stuff we can, we can trade and, and whatnot. And the, the guard was like, okay, 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 fine. You can come in. And he gives him a little slip essentially. is like, take this to the Walmart. That's where they're bringing like all of the supplies. They're, they're essentially like anything practical that they have in the town. They're doing it there, which makes sense because a big superstore like that's going to have a lot of stuff already. Yeah, at the same time, you know that people aren't going to be handing over their food to be thrown on a big pile. That's mm, that's that's a plot point later in the book. Okay, but it, it it's not their food stuff. They're essentially taking it out of the store. Okay, like it's it's the Walmart stuff and. It's a big company. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a faceless corporation that they're taking from, not people. Yeah. Um, so they get a, a little bit more info. They get they get fed. Um, they're able to refill their water and they get some basic uh, supplies from the Walmart. Um, and then they head off again. And there, there's some other stuff that happens. They encounter a few more people on the road, some very desperate people that like they literally have like just a tiny water bottle that's already empty and they're starving and they have nothing and so they they help a couple people out a little bit get some info um mostly avoid dumb people. Move. what do you say dumb move yeah well that, that's what the i mean guy these said. things are always like someone's gonna betray your trust. i'm surprised the fucking guild didn't stab him in the back but it's mm. gonna happen i was expecting that um but anyway no then they start getting followed by this group of people who are kind of so like they helped? not the people that they helped okay. other people that they encounter later they're following them and kind of like trying to tail them and it's like three or four guys armed and they're like okay this is this is looking bad um and then they encounter this one of my favorite characters in this book um this big black dude named thad he's and he just like he comes up and he's he's described as like a you know pretty big hulking dude um I'm imagining Chad from Bleach. Yeah, that'd be a good... Well, less hair, probably. Um, and blacker. Okay. 
Yeah, he was Spanish. Was yeah, Mexican. Chad. Chad was. Yeah, he was Hispanic, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this guy comes out and he kind of makes the case to go like, "Hey, come on, take me with you too." And and um, he's like, "I, you know, I can be useful." And he's like, "Yeah, I got." He also had some basic supplies and stuff. And he's like, "And look, you got some some people following you, and and they're already turning back because they see this, you know, this big dude who's got a shotgun." And they're like, "Okay, yeah, they're they they eventually." agree to take him with them too i mean mm. it takes longer than that there's a little bit more trust building um that happens and the three of them kind of start talking and warming up to each other as they they walk along and they they have a few more encounters in one case they help out a family around their campfire one night and then they leave after things get a little tense between them when the family wants more than they're willing to give and then they realize they're not out here alone. There's probably other people and they'll be coming back. Um, and it leads to an armed confrontation uh, between this essentially roving band who was using the family's kids essentially to get supplies off of people. Yeah. Um, and if they won't give them the supplies, then they kill them and take them. Yeah. Big confrontation. Main character gets shot in the head by the girl because she got scared and tried to cover her head while holding the gun. She shot him in the head. Yeah, so picture it like this. He's standing here. She's standing immediately to the right of him. Yeah. And they're both crouched down. She ducks, puts the gun over her head to cover her own head. Like a fucking cow with horns. Yeah, and, <laughs> and pulls the trigger and shoots him in the head from just That's sideways. Stupid. Yeah, exactly. Not it should go, for fuck's sake, or Amy. No, not the... Not the yeah, oh, God, you're, you're comparing him to Bleach. Um, Actually, in my head, I'm kind of comparing him to the Left 4 Dead crew. That's yeah. That's probably more accurate. Very similar profiles. Yeah. So they 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 go on. Um, he he does wake up a few days later. So apparently it was just like a a, a, a glancing glance. wound. Yeah, it was a glancing yeah. wound. It wasn't enough to actually kill him. It left like a scar in his head and stuff. Um, but it turns out. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, so it turns out that the people that were coming after them and trying to hunt them down, they had a truck. A working, Wait, a working truck because it's like an old old truck that's all mechanical it doesn't have like oh, a, okay. as much electronics in it i um, mean you could still if you're a mechanic you still get an electric car working can you well not an electric car but a standard car you could can you? just re oh i think I, I skipped over something that happened uh while the main character was alone because he does okay. pick up some more equipment um he, basically, he comes across like a confrontation that's happening in this small little area um, mm. where these these guys are harassing you know this woman outside her house, and um, he look, then the guy's going in and he's going in to you know assault the woman and the old the old neighbors that are next door are trying to stop him, and the old guy gets the shit kicked out of him, and the main character sees this and goes in like stealthy kills the dude who's trying to go after the woman and mm. then the dude who's standing guard outside he hits in the head with a fucking tomahawk um the hatchet that he has and yeah yeah with the sharp end yeah with the sharp kills them both okay and he gets some more equipment off of them tells the woman to go you know away and and then he has like a very positive interaction with this this elderly couple who were the ones trying to defend the woman to begin with um this this all happens before he meets the girl at the the check at the the rest area right yeah 
And so he has like a bit more. And it's one of the reasons why he's even more suspicious when he gets to that area and trying to avoid people. Uh, anyway, so they have this confrontation with these people, but they, they manage to get their hand in this truck. That's how they manage to get the guy to uh, somebody that the, the black dude Thad knew, uh, who was because apparently he does like um, Thad was like a truck driver. And so he spent a lot of time on like the CB radios and stuff like that. And there's a whole community of people with like this whole CB thing. Uh, and they're some of the only technologies that are still working because they're they broadcast to and from each other. Um, and so he takes him to this guy that, you know, that had met and communicated with a few times, like an old army sergeant. Yeah. And um, that guy is like the super hardcore prepper. Like, he's got a room in his house with all working electronics because he, like, lined it with copper wire and, 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 shit, yeah. and solar panels, backup generators, like, tons of food and stuff like that. And so, um, that guy, they spend a few days there. The guy has running water to an extent and a generator that heats it up. And so, they're able to take showers and, you know, rest up a little bit and, mm. you know, basically recover from the road. Um, this is where like one of the weird plot points starts happening for me. So it turns out that the, the Sarge, the, this character is kind of suspecting that this was all, this was not caused by anything natural. This was like an actual, uh, this is, this is where things get into like conspiracy territory where yeah. it, it, they, they find was it out. Russia or aliens, Kaiser? <laughs> uh, so apparently this was like what they find out. And I don't remember if they find it out here or if they find it out later in the book, but this is the the plot is that the U S kind of made a deal with certain other countries in, in the world that wanted to go to war, but they didn't want to go to war because they were afraid the U S would intervene. And the U S is just like, no, we're not going to do shit, but you got to do some stuff for us. And basically it causes like a war to break out all across Eurasia and Africa. And then the U.S. at the same time to kind of fake the fact that they weren't involved. Like, to, yeah, otherwise it, look, it would look very odd. Yeah. They, they created their own crisis. So we detonated an EMP on ourselves to make it look like, you know, we weren't. How big was this EMP? Uh, apparently. I mean. At, at, the, at this point in the story, it seems to have only hit the east coast of the U.S., but it's implied that they think it happened across the country. That sounds like a lot more than one EMP because EMPs oh, yeah, aren't yeah. that big a radius. No, no, no. So it would have they would have had to detonate several to do this, um, but it's not like okay. we have any lack of that sort of stuff. No, we've got like a few thousand nukes. Um. Anyway, so they rest up. They they learn about the whole conspiracy thing, and then they they come up with a plan. They're all trying to get to different locations. Girl's Place is the closest. So their plan is to all go in the truck to where Girl's Place is and then split up from there. And the truck is going to go with Thad because he has a lot further to go. Like, he's got a long way to go, like a couple hundred miles. Whereas the main character is only like 50 or 60 miles away now. Yeah. And so he's going to keep walking. Thad's going to go off in the truck. And then Girl is going to be dropped off at her hometown area. And um, they all get like little mini CB radios with back like batteries and stuff so that they can communicate back with the Sarge guy because he's going to like send out updates. His basic idea is like 
to set up like a network of people who can be trusted and yeah so to so that information can start to flow again has he got like carrier pigeons no he uses cb radios he does not have carrier pigeons fucking he doesn't even have a dog he should have had a dog he has a boat oh he he has a boat and beer though well yeah you gotta have beer though go crazy they do make a point it's kind of weird well, the, the boat, they're, keep in mind they're in Florida. There's a lot of bayou and river and swamp Keep thinking land. you're in like a fucking desert. I don't know why. <laughs> no, no. It's the opposite of that. It's like a swamp. Okay. Um, anyway, so they get on the road. There's a couple more encounters with people trying to raid them and take their shit where they have to, like, the people come after them on ATVs and they have to shoot them. They have a bit of a traumatic moment where they realize those people thought they were they, they were somebody else who had raided them. And they just shot people who were just trying to avenge the people who got shot from their group. And so there's a bit of a harrowing moment where they're like, oh, God, you know, like before they were killing people in self-defense or people who were trying to steal from them. They just shot somebody out of a perfect misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They they keep going, though, and they eventually make it to girl's hometown. And I, I'm calling her girl because I cannot for the life of me remember. I can't even remember the main character's name. The only one just, I remember is Thad because he was awesome. Thad, yeah. Um, I'm just hearing his Chad every time. Basically. that That's him, this whole... This he whole. is a Chad. And he is Chad. There, the reason that I can... Like, that we're going through the plot fairly quickly is a lot of things happen... These things happen very spaced apart. But there's a yeah. lot of interpersonal conversation... There's a lot of internal monologue and like world building that happens, but that's more for like it's it could be enjoyable if that's that's your kind of thing. I was kind of bored by it like a few times. This was a book that I had on when I was doing chores around the house, so I had something to do. What? Hang on. So if if, if it was the plot dictates mm. that. Uh, only a very particular part of the country was EMP'd. They would have fucking helicopters in and out of that zone fucking constantly with supplies and stuff. And news. So, they it's implied that the whole country was EMP'd. But the only, th- the only place they know for certain was EMP'd is the East Coast. So it's confirmed that the East Coast of the US was EMP'd. But it's implied that they they think the rest of the country was hit too. And there are helicopters, but they're not helping people. Every time they use the radio, like later on, helicopters start coming around and stuff. They also find out from locals and stuff who have like radios working that like martial law has been declared um, and stuff like that. And so they never... It's a bit more, bit, bit expansive for like just not participating in a war it is it's it's venturing into like this is a book that would be very much enjoyed by like people who have these apocalypse scenarios it's a bit contrived and i know there are other books in the series so maybe they expand on more of the reasoning why but this is very much like a bottom-up kind of perspective where you're just it's following like a couple normal schlubs and there's a big thing happening and they're just trying to live their lives, but at the same time, it's so far above them. All of this, these other like world games that are happening, they're just trying to piece it together, and they really can't. Book two, we lynched the government. <laughs> I it does it does have a very strong like libertarian slash conspiracy theory vibe to it. 
Yeah. Um, okay. But it's not really the main point of the story. Like okay. that stuff is all in the background and that's just me kind of piecing stuff together. As I read through the books, they don't explicitly talk about stuff like that until near the end. Um, most of the book is really just focusing on these three characters trying to get home and trying to survive now that basically the modern technology has all been knocked out. Anyway, so from this point on the book, um, Oh, they get to girl's hometown and everyone's friendly and she's so happy to see her friends and family and they have kind of all banded together but things start to get a little squirrely when they try to unload the truck and take all the shit that they've got on there and they're like no 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 we're leaving and they're like oh no but you can stay here and we got to share this stuff around everyone's and they're like nope 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 it's like this is ours you're not touching it we got to get home we're leaving you know we dropped her off and we did that as a courtesy but no Mm. Um, they find out that this one dude has, I'm going to kind of skip through all of this because they they do kind of find it out slowly, but you've seen this scenario play out a million times in post-apocalypse movies. Yeah. This one guy has, he basically was the one with all the guns in the town. Um, like most, some other people had like, you know, some basic, you know, farms and stuff, but this guy had like a, quite guns. a collection, let's yeah. say. Um, and so he was able to arm a couple of his friends and thugs and basically bully the whole town into making him the leader. And, yeah. you know, he stockpiles the supplies and just he yeah. has the, st the stranglehold on the food, on the weapons. And he has a couple armed thugs that do his business. And they find out that he like some guy in the town who kind of snubbed him. He's basically locked up the guy's um, daughters and was not kind to them, let's say. And when the two main characters find this out, they're like, they, they go ballistic. First of all, they, they, they set a trap, um, kill that dude. And then, you know, take out his thugs too. I think they, they get, they get them drunk and then like burn the house down while they're inside or something like that. Hmm. Um, so it, it's a fairly brutal scene, but it's fully justified when you find out like everything that the, the people have been doing. And so there's this moment in town where like, Basically, the townsfolk like break down because they 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 went along with this, but they felt like they didn't have a choice, and it was like they they did horrible things or they allowed horrible things to happen because no one stood up to these people because people would have died if they'd stood up to them, but they probably could have taken them down. Yeah. Anyway, so they they have that that happen, and then this is where they split off. So they drive a little bit more, and then Thad goes off in his direction towards his home main character goes off till his home and this is where it splits now there's three perspectives it keeps switching between thad sarge and the main character and so main character he makes his way home he has a couple more encounters there he encounters like a religious cult that doesn't um that tries to stop him and save his soul and he eventually just gets away from them uh, that's a fairly minor scene Thad has a couple encounters on the road with people like throwing rocks off of overpasses to hit cars and try and rob people. Um, Sarge gathers a couple of his his old army buddies and they set up shop in this this like he has like a, a house out in the, the bayou where it's kind of secluded and out of the way. And they all basically, you know, renovate it, get it set up. So they have their own little base camp where they're trying to yeah. figure out like what yeah. happened to everyone and talking to people. And then you find out, like, near the end of the book that, like, uh, Fema, 
like government federal agents are essentially coming into places to try and enforce martial law and some of the locals are being cooperative some of the locals are like no fuck you um there's some confrontations uh i think main character at one point sees these guys who were out on the lake and a like a helicopter gunship like mows them down um and then at the end of the book he finally does make it home his family's okay um they've his basic community has been fine things are getting a little rough but they've kind of banded together and organized and things and then the big plot <clears throat> reveal there is a they there's a radio announcement that's made every town has been distributed like a radio for the ones that didn't have it or they tried to get the message out and their big message about it's martial law everyone is required turn in all your weapons everyone is required to turn in anything more than three days worth of food um anyone you know caught hoarding uh, will be either arrested or shot or whatever if they resist and so it's gone like hardcore military police state and yeah. that's that's where the book ends okay so yeah lots of ground they could cover stuff yeah <sighs> yeah people wouldn't i don't know people would just fucking get their electrics working again um not necessarily it depends on complicated electronics like a strong enough EMP will just completely short it out. Like you'd need like soldering equipment and potentially like replacement parts um, to actually get stuff working. I'm not I'm not an electrical engineer, but I know that it like yeah. a sufficiently strong electric charge is going to fry most stuff. I agree that there would be some things that probably would still work. And there'd be fucking tons of electricians about. Yeah, more practice. And the thing is, this all takes place in rural areas. So maybe in the cities where there were more like technically minded people, that stuff might be happening. They actually make a point near the end of the book that they're talking about food aid will be coming out, but they're starting with the cities. Mm. So people even in the countryside are required to turn everything in, but they're not, they might not get anything back because. I mean, the people out in the country <clears throat> rely on electricity a lot less anyway. Which they is would have a lot of workforces and, and, yeah. you know, plows to make food and stuff yeah well, I don't know about that, maybe. but but they a lot of them would have like their own gardens or stuff like that. a lot of people yeah. live out in the country i mean when i was growing up we we lived in the suburbs but even then my mom had a garden where we she grew like vegetables and stuff um, mm, and in a place like a, a bayou right i mean bayou's known for having water so they could grow stuff grow stuff will fish alligators um deer and stuff like that Alligator meat's pretty good. Deer and bayous? Maybe not deer. Um, what am I thinking of? I don't know what I'm thinking of. There's there's some there might not not in a bayou. What am I what am I thinking of? I think I'm I think just... it'll be annihilated very quickly by an alligator. It's true. Hey, Capybara is chill with alligators. Yeah. Do they? I don't know where Capybara's native land is. Uh South America. Yeah. I want to say it's it's in like well, it's north. Like the one creature in the whole place that isn't trying to kill you. Yeah. Anyway, but that's that's the whole plot of the book. It it does venture into like being a like an apocalypse fantasy and like a prepper's wet dream. Yeah. And it wasn't like any anything groundbreaking. I every plot point I pretty much predicted along the way. Um, but it was an enjoyable listen. They, the characters mm. were pretty well developed. 
Um, they did a, a decent amount of world building and mm. the scenarios that were predictable, they were still like interesting to listen to. Yeah, it sounded like there was a lot of story progression as well. Yeah. Because yes. you can measure it by the distance you walked, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it did, there were elements where it definitely started to feel like video game logic, like at the very beginning when he's looting the guy that just tried yeah, to yeah. kill him. Um, yeah, decent book. And I know there's more to it. So the, the next book, so it's Going Home, then it goes to, I think, Surviving Home, and then... I can't remember what the the one after that. It's it's going home, surviving home, uh, forsaking home, and then rebuilding home or something like that. That kind of gives away the plot a bit. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's it's not. It was never like a super complicated book to begin with. Um, yeah, but I oh I I was wrong. Uh, Two hundred and fifty miles was how far away he was away from home in the beginning. That's actually oh, okay. in the plot synopsis. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It's not too complicated. I feel like a lot of people would get turned off by the constant, this is the brand name of MRE I ate. This is the brand name of my knife. Yeah. Um, it's not that explicit, but it does get grating after a while. Anyway. Where we go? All right. That's the podcast. Um, yeah, this is going to be the end of episode 68 of the TMZJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next week for episode 69. <gasps> it was the Russians! <laughs> 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 <laughs>